and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me this week is Olympian Luke Stain. On this episode, we look back at the men's classic from Wengen and then onto a brutal three days in Bansko for the women who race double downhill in Super G, plus Kitzbühel for the men and the most prestigious slalom on the tour, which is, of course, Schladming Night Slalom. Before looking forward to this weekend's racing, the women are in Rosa Couture, Russia, for downhill and Super G. While it's Garmisch for the men, Saturday is downhill, Sunday is GS. Uh, Luke, welcome back. Uh, what a season it's been so far. What's your highlight been? Uh, howdy. Um, I would have to say so far it was Sunday's slalom and kitzball. Um, pretty cool to see two Brits in the top 30 yeah. and oh, finish. Yeah. Um, so shout out to our friend Laurie Taylor. Yeah, pretty cool result, huh? Yeah, Do I you know mean, that's what, pretty special. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him like just smile maybe in the finish area. You just qualified for your first yeah. World Cup second round. Yeah, it's very yeah, cool, yeah. calm and collected, just casual. Yeah, like, you know, whatever. I, first I think, World Cup. Second I think round. D- yeah. I think definitely probably mixed emotions for him because he was like, I can't believe I'm here in the finish line, in the finish area of the second run. But then I don't think he had the run that he wanted. But no. I mean I don't blame him. That's no. That nerves must have. Yeah, I think you've got to stick it in the finish, haven't you? I think it's one of those things. Get your name on the finish area. Get the World Cup points mm. under your belt. Um, but yeah, I, I saw... It was um, Adrian Pertl, the Austrian guy, who came down yeah. just after him on the first run. Um, and he got he went across the finish line of the first run and celebrated like he'd won the race. I just <laughs> thought it was so casual how... Uh, how Laurie had come across the finish line getting into first, second round. What did he go into? Like 26th or Sick, something? Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it was just so casual. And after the first round, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've got myself a second, second round. Well, let's hope you can do that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, your, your highlight so far? Uh, I think my highlight has to be how, and it's multiple races, but how tight it's been, especially in the men's slalom and giant slaloms. Yeah. You know, Adelboden 1.4 for slalom, or GS 1.5 for slalom. Similarly, in uh, Kitzbühel, all of a sudden you're having to get under a second and a half. It literally just meant there's absolutely no room for error. Yeah. But what it is doing, I think, is, is it's really interesting um, that you're just getting people blitzing it from everywhere. Yeah. So actually, like, the World Cup start list seedings and stuff haven't actually changed too much for, like, the top 15, which I think actually, which we'll talk about a bit later, is probably a bit lucky for Dave for having had a, um, a sort of relatively subdued start to the season, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But because there's been so many guys from, like, the 50s and even the 60s and 70s bopping in there and getting some good results, but nobody from really outside that group managing to do it consistently to sort of lower that start list has been agreed I think it's quite interesting yeah yeah. Um, but let's go back to Wengen which was a couple of weeks ago yeah I managed to miss a week's podcast sorry to those people that have actually messaged me to make sure I'm alright thank you for that Um, (laughs) no I just managed to uh, forget the microphone when I was out because I was in Switzerland (laughs) so yeah I don't think my uh, laptop microphone would have done it justice so I I just uh, I skipped it but um, if we look back at the Alpine combined from Wengen, uh, Matthias Meyer won, um, Alexis Pantro second, Victor Mufajonde from the French team rounding out the top three. But actually, I quite like the fact that this, um, the new format for these second runs, you know how they they used to reverse a second run, like they do in all tech disciplines. Um, but now they've gone to this second run where the fastest person goes down first in the slalom leg. So you had Matthias Meyer, who was leading the speed leg, going down first in the slalom leg. So he had a, a smoother course to put down a slalom run, which actually I think 
is a blinder from fizz who are, we've talked about it before but you know breathing new life into the yeah, combined combined discipline and actually i think it worked look at that first speed skier to win an alpine combined for a, a long um, time yeah it's a long time yeah i mean we would talk we i think we talked about this a couple of months ago even last year how it was completely dominated by slalom skiers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you look at that sort of top 10, there's a good mix of uh, techies and of speed skiers. So, uh, congrats, Fizz. Yeah. Done, done something yeah, think, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for once. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. sucking you No off. hackers yeah. yet this season. No, well, that's good. Um, so, we're, we're going to smash through these quite quickly because this obviously was nearly a fortnight ago. Um, and the downhill on the Saturday, picturesque, beautiful chocolate box Swiss uh, scenery. They had to pull the start down because they got 30 centimetres of new snow overnight, which um, obviously sort of detracts from the 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 glory that is the Lauberhorn downhill with that sort of the the length of it. Yeah. Um, but Beat Foyt's pre-race favourite, home crowd favourite, comes in there and uh, smashes, smashes it. it, nearly yeah. three tenths. Yeah, I spoke to Roy about it. He raced, so shout out to Roy for uh, racing, uh, even though he wasn't feeling too well. He says those jumps at the top, then while they don't look big, you travel a big distance. Yeah. He says yeah, yeah, they're that, pretty yeah. damn scary. Yeah. Um, as we know from Bodie, it can be of a, a bit of a uh, roller coaster, <laughs> roller coaster downhill. Obviously, one on the map that's going to stay there for future and a historic race. So, um, actually, no surprise that uh, Foyt's won. I mean, his sort of skills in um, gliding are just it's just so effortless isn't yeah. he he's, he's able to be really economical with his energy and I think we've talked about that a lot in comms we've talked that a lot about that in uh, on the podcast and stuff but it gets a bit rougher and or a bit longer maybe not rougher because he obviously he hasn't you know when it gets rough Dominic Paris gets going but yeah in those sort of longer racetracks he just is so efficient so smooth so calm and able just to be economical and he just seems to make it look effortless. And I think if you look at the guy as a physical specimen, you don't go look at him and go, dude, that guy's an, you know, no disrespect to him, but he's not Alexander Ormott Kilder, who's a, you know, ripped dude who you'd stand there going, well, Jesus, you're a man mountain. Yeah. And Foyce yeah. is a, a smallish guy. He's, he's carries a few extra kilos. Wider. He's a little bit wider, a bit, wider. A bit more barrelly. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely got some years left in him. Absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, there's no sign of him slowing down. Um, especially on those really glidey downhills. So yeah. great to see that. Unfortunate to see Paris, uh, Dominic Paris, uh, do his ACL. Yeah, just post that. So yeah, after off the back of Wengen where he was second with Thomas Dressen in third, Paris was training in somewhere in Italy. I can't remember the exact place. Training in Italy um, between Wengen and Kitzbühel just before the training days. And um, yeah, had a relatively minor crash. Sort of just a bit of a hip skid slid inside, got up, skied down to the bottom, um, went to the dock and said he's got a bit of a sore knee. They just had a look at it and they went, that's your ACL, son. Uh, that is your season over. Um, the uh, real shame, because I think it's robbed us of a, you know, a real battle between those two guys yeah. who are definitely the most, you know, the not the only guys that can win, but they're the ones that have been the most consistent so far in terms of the overall title. I think Matthias Meyer may be the only person that sort of um, has the consistency to challenge these guys. But without Dominic Paris, it really looks like it be at Foyce's uh, for the taking. Yeah, agrees. Uh, onto yeah. the slalom, which was on the Sunday. It was a you know another glorious race. The snow conditions weren't as hard 
um, as they would have liked to have a few ruts and bumps creeping in there. But Clement Noel took the win. Christofferson was second. And I'm so glad to see Alexander Koroshlov from Russia uh, getting back on the podium. Yeah, I mean, your sort of top 10 there aren't, um, you know, un- unusual to see anyone there apart from him. So it was absolutely brilliant to see him up there. Um, he clearly had a pretty um, consistent two runs. Let's see, he's fourth there on the second run. Um, but yeah, great to see him up there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's been a tough few years for Koroshilov. And we've seen, and we talked about it briefly at the very start, how you've got a lot of people coming in and out of the groups and nobody able to find consistency. You look at him, he's won, I think he won Schladming sort of... Two years ago? Yeah, no, I think because... No, I think it was Hirscher back-to-back, and I think it was the year before that, so maybe three years ago, something like that. Anyway, yeah. you're, you're close enough. Um, and from being Schlappen winger, winger, podiuming in uh, Kitzbühel mm. and stuff like that, and then to drop all the way outside the 30 and be starting back in the 50s, and now again starting uh, what he was there in the 20s, and then what he was in Schladming, I think he was inside the top 15. So all of a sudden, like that graph, that real like dogged determination um, uh, is paying off. Yeah, I think he's, you know, I've always seen him um, in a similar position to Dave um, in terms of, you know, age. And then sometimes they, they go through a rocky period. and But obviously their experience shines through when they, they smash it on, yeah. on a couple of races here and there. And so um, we'll talk about Dave in a minute again, um, how he's had some better results recently. Um, but it was great to see him in in third on the podium. Um, one person to note is Fabio Gestein, Gestein uh, from, yeah. uh, from Austria. Uh, won the second run, um, Bib 34. Um, so that maybe puts the Austrians back on the map for Tech. Yeah, a little bit. And, and I mean, it was looking at that point of the season, it was looking, you know, Marco Schwarz hadn't really picked up top, hadn't found top gear just yet. So Gestein was sort of a bit of a breath of fresh air. And I think, you know, we've talked about it again on the podcast that the Austrians maybe had dropped the ball a little bit in terms of, you know, with the with the reign of Hirscher going on for so long uh, and maybe just sort of uh, masked some of the the cracks maybe in terms of building up new athletes and getting them in there because, you you know, at some point Hirscher was always going to th- hang up the boots and I think it was relatively yeah. obvious that it was ha- going to be happening um relatively soon and all and the Austrians have really not found their feet. I mean obviously you've got Schwarz who's coming back from injury when he injured himself at Bansko at the end of last season. But you, you know, in terms of young guns coming through, there hadn't been anybody and Gastrein seems to be the guy that's finding some real consistent form and is now against from outside the thirty now finds himself a regular in the 30 and he's only young he's born in uh, 1997 which is a bit frustrating they they seem young all of a sudden when you can remember what you were doing in that year that they were born <laughs> yeah. like, oh god I can remember 1997 well, a 2000 year birth is 20 years old this year oh, were, that's scary <laughs> with the millennium yeah. bug we were all there running around wondering what was going to happen with the world <laughs> and these guys are just being born and uh, now winning world cups yeah cheers for that you, you little young guns um Alexi Pantero is still having some of the most crazy up and down season, like not finishing, skiing out the back, you know, winning, dominating like he did in Val d'Isere. And all of a sudden you're like, well, like, come on, dude, find some consistency. Didn't finish the second run. He's just leaving the door open for Christofferson for the overall title. And I think Christofferson now has best part of 200 points on him um, in terms of the overall. And, 
definitely the more all-round skier you would say is Pantero because he's definitely got a better third discipline than Christofferson has yeah. who, who's got to be your sort of other favourite for the overall so I think it's quite interesting that um, that Pantero is I, I don't I'm not sure it's, it's I think it's probably too early to say buckling under the pressure but it's certainly not the consistency that you're used to seeing from him yeah. and I think that void of Hirscher is actually asking some real questions about you know your stones. How's your metal? You know when it comes to, you know, stepping up and and being the guy that's going to take the chokehold on this tour. Yeah, I mean it's. I think it's probably easier getting to first than staying in first. Yeah. So when he saw an opening to be in first, mm. that pressure was maybe too much. I mean he you know DNF'd and Vengen. He then DNF'd again in Kidsball. Uh, slalom on Sunday which we'll talk about um, yeah but it makes it exciting for us oh absolutely absolutely it's um, it, we've been really treated to um, certainly on the men's side some absolute sort of fine margin racing where honestly you talk about anybody can win but anybody can win when you're your second run is only separated by less than two seconds, which the majority of the tech season has been. So yeah. it's it's real. But also, let's move over to the ladies' side, who are racing in Bansko, um, down in Bulgaria. And I'm not sure if you've raced there, Luke. I raced there a few times um, through my career. And it's a really, really tough hill. Yeah. It's really tough. It's They do great work prepar- preparing the piece. It's always bulletproof, icy. Uh, it's got a decent pitch to it, and it's not that wide. It sort of reminds me of like a bit of a Hinterstoder, which has got a bit of a pitch to it, but it's not too wide, which just means that the turns that you can do have to be a little bit more stacked because you don't have the the space to to sort of traverse across the hill to to um, control the speed, so they, they have to be a bit more crankers. Um, and so it was unsurprising that Michaela Schifrin came out on top in Bansko because it's such a technical in the first downhill anyway and it's such a technical piece that her skill set just came to the fore uh, so she took the win on the first downhill um, with Frederica Brianoni in second and then uh, Joanna Halen from Switzerland in third and that's her first World Cup podium I think as well so coming there and um and doing the business but what, what, I, what I mean about how it's such a technical race if you look a little bit further down the list you've got Marta Bessina giant slalom winner very much a technical skier Petra Vla, and she was in uh, uh, fifth Petra Vlahova in sixth um, and, and you've got Marie-Michelle Gagnon who's a slalom skier down in twelfth uh, but then you've got you know your big hitters that your Corinne Suter down in 14th Ilka Stuhetz down in 18th Estela Detzer down in 20th Delago, the Italian who's been on the podium this year down in 25th so I think it was a real um, a real tough fast and dark downhill and it really tested the technical skills of these speed skiers to the max yeah I mean I would have said you know had these results been maybe two or three years ago uh, when Schifrin was starting to get comfortable with the speed events. It would have been a big surprise, but I think she's been really ballsy in in, in you know the last sort of twelve months or eighteen months in 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 those disciplines. So not a huge surprise. Um, and clearly she's now increased her lead massively on the overall, yeah. um, which is only good news for her. Um, 
but yeah, I didn't get to watch the races. But from what you're from what you're saying, a combination of those really sort of hilly parts, not much room to navigate, yeah. Yeah. along with flat not, light, not like gliding, you've got to be really. You know, you've got to be really clever and read the hill. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at these results, if you if somebody just handed you a list of names, a list of the of the ladies here, didn't tell you what discipline it was, I'm almost certain you wouldn't. You'd say that's not a downhill, in terms of uh, in terms of the results. That's interesting. Because yeah. wouldn't you with yeah, Brianoni, yeah. and I know Brianoni does well in speed still, but she's not a out and out speed skier. But look at Schiffer and Brianoni, Cortoni. I mean, that's the other Cortoni who does do a bit more speed rather ah, than okay. um, uh, her sister? name escapes me. Yeah, her sister. Um, but Basina Vlahova, Miradoli. You know these these ladies that you definitely go. You're more of a. I think if you looked at that without a without a clue of what it was, yeah, just the names, you'd say. It's going to be maybe a, a GS, potentially a Super G. Interesting. <coughs> Interesting. Um, Excuse me. But again, nice to see that Fizz are doing the right thing and replacing Val. Yeah, so that so, was that was the Val downhill that, that we missed. So yeah. it was great that they did that. Uh, On to the second downhill, which uh, which was won by... Katoni. Um, and then... <coughs> Bassino. I just die over here. I've got the man flu. And Brioni in third, and then Schifrin in fourth. So um, another sort of more techie style podium again. I'm not wrong, am I? No, uh, I think you're right. I wouldn't have uh, noticed that, uh, but now that you've pointed that out, uh, yeah, it, it's quite a mixed bag, um, which is nice to see. Apart from the Schifrin winning. So. Yeah, I think um, Goggia crashed in the first downhill and didn't race the rest of the weekend but it turns out she didn't actually sort of severely injure herself it was uh, she picked up a couple of knocks and she's definitely uh, says that she's going to be back this coming weekend in Russia so thankfully for her you know it's quite good these these inflatable vests that they're most the majority are wearing now not everybody wears the um, these sort of airbag vest things but most of them are yeah and I think that's actually saving some bodies a little bit but the men aren't wearing them at the moment not often I think there's a few, yeah. only a few more women are wearing them than the men I've def, I'm sure I saw who had a crash I can't remember I can't remember I'm sure I saw a couple of men racing it but I think the vast majority are over on the women's side yeah. but it's it's got to be good in terms of you know as we both know crashing in uh, whether you're Speed. racing giant style or more downhill is, is it hurts yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you either stop in the nets or you stop in the finish area. So <laughs> those are the only two places you stop when you're racing World Cup. Uh, and then that leads us on to the Super G, which was the final event from Bansko. Uh, yet again, Schifrin picking up another victory. Um, then Marta Bassino again, you know, takes the weekend. Great re- weekend. And then, little turn up for the books, Lara Gutbarami picking up a podium. Which I think. Um, Welcome back to the party. Exactly, yeah. I think it's been a while since she's been on the podium. I think it's a really great, great time for her. Um, but again, looking at the more techie side of things, you've got Petra Vlahova down in six. She barely ever puts on uh, um, a set of speed skis. I mean, she started to now because I think people are realizing that, you know, Schifrin's got to have some sort of. Um, challenger skiing yeah. a couple more disciplines well she creeped up the the rankings throughout the weekend so that was nice to see um she was in sixth on the first downhill um she was in 11th on the second downhill and then super g she was in sixth. so maybe we've got a new career for her yeah i think uh, it was a it was a great race i really enjoyed watching them tackle that piece and it certainly uh, showed some of them uh, you know a real turn up for the books and actually 
you know, it does breed new light. You know, maybe we'll see more of Marta Bassino on the on the sort of skiing multiple difference uh, disciplines. Excuse me. I think it's got to be good pushing Schifrin. And I think again, you talked about Schifrin. Um, she's skiing so well at the moment. She's had a bit of a. T- I was reading some of her stuff. I'm just trying to find it on on the on the internet. But she was saying that she's had a few ups and downs uh, on her Twitter. She posted it. Um, yesterday which will be tuesday uh, this day of schlagming and it says people be like it's a slump it's and she said it's not a slump and then she's back oh wait and all she can say is that sports is my career is a marathon not a sprint so i think she i think because now people do expect michaela schiffer to put on skis and it's not a case of will she win it's how far she's going to win by yeah and i think that's actually starting to piss her off a little bit good good that she's being vocal about it i mean we talked about it last year when she missed a couple of races why did she miss a couple of races to have a sort of you know longevity in her career and so that's obviously showing through in that tweet there yeah um you know i think she's clever you know if she knows that generally the average athlete only has let's say eight seasons of world cup and she thinks she can get to 12 14 16 then you know good on her for sort of sticking it out I'm pretty sure. Long. I'm pretty sure she's now only um, only two wins, maybe a couple of wins, let's say, off of um, Hirsch's World Cup oh, really? win. So yeah, I think if memory, so I haven't got the stats again in front of me, but I'm pretty sure she is uh, about to overtake him. Good, he deserves it for retiring. <laughs> Retir- <laughs> yeah, you can't alter that one forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I, I was very impressed with with uh, the way that the ladies went out and tackled that that really tough downhill, and I think um, it's uh, it's it's great to see them really tested, and I like to see that the tech skiers went out and gave it a go. You know, it's a long way to go for three tech races, um, but it was a success. Yeah, um, and then that leads us on to Kitzbühel, Steve. How good was that? I didn't get to watch the Super Cheap, but the downhill was yeah. mental and the slalom was a treat. So, But Jansrud is back. Took the win on Friday Super G. Uh, Alexander Ormott killed her when it's in a second joint with uh, Matthias Meyer. Um, I, I'm really pleased to see him back, to see Jansrud back. He's been out of sorts almost since Svindal retired yeah pretty much yeah um and so I was speaking to Nick Fellows who was out in Kitzbühel when it was on and he had a good chat with Svindal he said that um they'd been doing a lot of work and actually Svindal had sort of cast his eye over it and sort of given a, a few words of wisdom um into what he thought was going on with the Andrew skiing he was saying that Yandra's hip was dropping quite a long way back um, and that was one of the things that was really stru- making him struggle with his initiation to his turns and carrying some good speed so um, th- they'd worked on moving the hip further forward which is actually what Alexander Ormot Kilder had said early in the season how the speed technique now has changed slightly you're seeing much more of a, a closed ankle much more of a, a um, the the shin being angulated the knee being in front of the toe just to get better bike because the snow's so rock solid trying to find some bite at the top of the skis but um, yeah Jansrud being back is is good for our sport 
Yeah, I mean, we always assume that guys like Yanzu can pretty much be in any position and still get the job done yeah. because of how strong they are. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you're talking about differences of 0.16 in World Cup, you know, you, so there's fine adjustments. Um, yeah, initiating the turn a little bit quicker or smoother uh, yeah, makes a big difference. Two kilometres worth of skiing. Yeah. So you in vast majority of that is you know upward of 60 70 miles an hour and we all know that you get up to uh, above 60 in about three seconds yeah. when you're at Kitzbühel so there really isn't any time to mess around with the with the sort of backseat technique yeah um, but I just love that wall of noise that you get in Kitzbühel that uh it's like nothing else actually that's not true because because Wengen there's a decent wall of noise but that whole you know, get down to the finish area and the grandstand is packed. It's, it's uh, like, well it's done for surviving yeah, you, and you, also well done for yeah. skiing well if you're in the top 10, yeah, top You 20. live. Actually, to be fair, the crowd are great. They, they're they all the way till the end and they're just appreciative of, of you trying. <laughs> yeah. Not as big a crashes as previous years, which I think they've really cracked down on the safety. Mm. Uh, I think they've taken the edge off a couple of the, of the jumps, uh, especially the last two. And yeah. The wall didn't seem as uh, that big right footer before the finish didn't seem. Yeah, on the downhill side of things, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I think it's just it's great to see it when it's a bit sketch, but I think, you know, previous years, it's disappointing to see someone come down, you know, be not far off off the pace or even ahead of the pace. And then, like, it's so bumpy on that last wall that, you know, they come out. And it's not, it's technical in the sense that you've got a whole position, but. It, it doesn't mean you're a worse skier than anyone else if you suddenly crash out just because you hit this massive rut. But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad to see that they've kind of made it more about technically skiing it well yeah, definitely rather than just about who is going to really like, risk, everything. risk everything. Yes, but the... Um, no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The Super G side of things, that, that's, uh, it's a really cool track. Like, they've... They've got that one jump at the top, which is quite tight. A couple of races didn't take enough direction, jumped the wrong side of the gates, and then you hit the sort of downhill section, and you, uh, and it, and and it goes pretty quick. But yeah, even on the speed super G side, you've got that those couple of rolls towards the finish, and you tend to get light on. But yeah. it was a uh, it was an absolute belter, which teed us up for a quality uh, day of downhill racing on the Saturday. Matthias Meyer took the win, and then we saw another tide. Uh, podium with Vincent Kriechmeier in tied second place with Beat Foitz. Uh, so the Austrians doing the business at home. And Clary in fourth. Um, yeah, yeah, he, Clary, he's yeah. not really been up there. Not too much this season, races. but something clicked. I mean, I we often talk about the um, the downhill tracks take a lot of learning. And yeah. those sort of elder statesmen have obviously skied it way more times mm. than anybody else. Uh, and I guess somebody like Clare, who would have skied down Kitzbühel 15, 15 times-ish, yeah, yeah. something like that. You know, he's just not going to be as intimidated as, as some of the younger guys or, you know, somebody that's maybe only done it five or six times. Yeah. So actually, in terms of a uh, sort of elder statesman fit, fitting that sort of bill, Clare was very, very comfortable. And I think rather unlucky, what was he at? Five honeys off... Uh, tying for a three-way podium. Yeah. So actually, he 
he he skied really well. And the French, you know, all of a sudden are coming hot with some young guns coming in. Max Mouzeton, who we saw do some good stuff in Bormio earlier on in the season, yeah, back yeah. that up again here. But who the a couple of shout outs I want to make: uh, Roman Bauman, who seems to be proving a lot of people wrong, switched from Austria to Germany, yeah. and um, he very very nearly left the Austrians with a very, very red face because <laughs> uh, he was in um, seventh place and he was only six tenths off the podium. And actually down to the final split, he skied really well. So actually, I think he... Um, he I was pleasantly surprised and I like the fact that he was sort of going, do you know what, you might have think I was... Done. You know, I was certainly one of the people that was going, do you yeah. know what, there's a lot of young Austrians coming up, especially on the speed side. Maybe it's time for this dude to... to you know, to call it a day. To call it a day. And, yeah. and credit where credit's due, he turns turns up, comes in uh, seventh down Kitzbühel after switching nations. So good yeah. on him. I hope he has a consistency um, in the in the next sort of couple of races. Yeah. Um, shout out also to Bryce Bennett. Yes, I'm glad you uh, picked him out. What a result. I'm glad you what picked him What a fucking result. Um, what a result. He, uh, he was so happy in the finish. I think he was sitting in the uh, leader's leader's seat for quite he a was, while, yeah. actually. Up to seven, I think he was, yeah. Um, up to when Foyt's came yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, up until when Foyt's came down. Um, so good to see him. Just a quick note on the Frenchies. Um, was it you who picked it up in the in in the commentating that they were taking a massively different line? Yeah, they were the taking first... a further round line, yeah. Yeah, uh, clearly that's paid off, um, but it didn't look fast. No, but I think it, what it did do is meant that they carried quite a lot of speed across onto that road. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting that a t- whole team went, do you know what, we're going to try something slightly different um, and ballsy to do that. Um, I just want to touch back on to what you're saying about Bryce Bennett. Um, having had what has been uh, a, a very tricky start of the season for him off yeah. the back of what was a stellar season last year, where he picked up uh, multiple top tens and has really struggled, and I think he'd probably be one of the first to say that's the case. Uh, really struggled this season, and to come out in Kitzbühel, put a smile back on his face with a top ten, eighth position, less than a second off the win. Um, I think uh, I'm I'm really pleased that he's found that form because it would be easy to sort of find yourself in a real downward spiral. We've everyone, everybody that's done s- some sort of. Um, competition whether it's world cup skiing or whatever sport you're into will understand that how easy it is to get into a negative cycle and how easy it is to find yourself on a real downward spiral after just sort of a couple of races and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like it's going right but credit where it's due ben is stuck on the slalom skis to do alpine combines he's been doing like uh, loads more training i think he's even stuck the gs skis on a few times to try and find his form and uh and looks like fingers crossed this is the start of uh of the rest of his season that he can be proud of yeah whatever you're doing Bryce keep doing it um, he's definitely pulling the other Americans along Steve Nyman obviously been on the circuit for quite a while uh, pretty big guy possibly he is looking to retire uh, I think I, I don't think he's said that out loud yet oh that's just me speculating uh, uh, no yeah, it is a bit, little bit of speculation but that's okay <laughs> but he's, he's born in 82 which I think makes him what does that make him? Thirty-seven. Um, Coming up to yeah, thirty-eight. Yeah, like yeah, 38, check, yeah. Check my maths. Um, so, yeah, I think once you get to that point in your career, you're definitely going to start considering considering it. Whether you, whether you're really considering it, going, 
you know, actually, you know, I should probably do it. Or whether you go, yeah, I'm 37, 38. Is this something I want to keep doing? Unfortunately for him, he didn't get to go and play in his, you know, the best mountains for him, which is over in Val Gardena with those missed races. So I think, you yeah. know, he would have been gutted to miss that. And I doubt he's going to retire without having at least one more crack at those. Um, but yeah, Travis Ganong, a little bit disappointed in the downhill off the back of a 10th in the Super G. He was pretty gutted. He was really pleased with the Super G and he was quite open and vocal talking about it, how he wants to, um, how he's looking to use that as a springboard to, to push on for the downhill and then it just didn't work out. It was a tough, a tough day, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, and then that leads us on to the slalom, which you talked about being a highlight so far yeah. this season. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Yule, who seems to have the coolest karma's head on his shoulders at the moment uh, took the win with Marco Schwarz coming oh so close for the home favourites uh, and then a Clement Noel rounding out the top three with uh, Christofferson tying with Lucas Braten of Norway yeah. from Bib 34 what, I, a, what uh, a race for that guy I've got to be honest I uh, stopped watching the race after the first run after about 28 bibs and I went and grabbed Brecky, came back and was wondering what went what went wrong, <laughs> what, what on went earth right. happened? <laughs> uh, what on what on earth happened? Uh, he couldn't quite hold it in the second run, but needless to say, he was, you know, yeah, because he took the lead on the first run from bib thirty four um, by about three tenths. Everybody else was relatively close, yeah. but, you know, a few honeys between each position. And Broughton came down and went, Do you know what? <laughs> goodbye guys see you later I quite enjoy this um, one it was course was set by his coach Mike Pulaski yeah, who Pulaski, was yeah. one of my coaches did you, was, he, was he have one of your coaches no I just um, knew of him uh, so set by one of his uh, so Mike set the course for one of his athletes moved over from GB to uh, Norway this uh, this summer last summer um, and is doing all sorts of things right with uh, Timo Haugen from Bib 42 getting into the second run um, as well as uh, I think there's another Norwegian that's part of his his little band that's doing quite well I can't see him on the list at the moment but that's by the by um, but yeah so set for him it was relatively direct but I think it comes back to the whole thing it's quite nice to um, you know people, we often talk about the course set and how people set it for their athletes and, and is it how much of an advantage is it and I think actually it's a it's maybe more of a, an advantage than you really think because you can train that stuff, so they would know that the you know Mike's going to be setting down in Kitzbühel in the build up to it. So all of a sudden you'd be like, right, okay, Mike. So what are we training? What's and what's the target? What's the plan? What's the sort of um, the rhythm pattern that you're going to want to set? And therefore, what are we going to be training? So I think you and even if you can't get loads of technical info, you get a huge boost knowing that it's your guy who's trying to help you out doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's obviously. A number of variables that go into it that is one of them one thing that stands out for me i remember second run in sochi slalom um koslic koslic's father set anti anti set the second run and people were complaining about it left right and center awkward entrances and exits to combinations just weird offset gates um I don't think he skied especially well, although he usually trains very awkward, <coughs> very awkward, very difficult um, sort of sets. Um, so I think it can go either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, 
Yeah, because it can add pressure, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, so it was a good day. Marco Schwartz back on form, back on the podium after his ACL injury at the end of last season. Um, and, and that was good to see. Henrik Christofferson not quite at the uh, firing on all cylinders, although he did look to put in a decent second run charge again. Um, and uh, Adrian Pertl, the Austrian that we talked about earlier in the pod from Bib 73, yeah. came through... Uh, and absolutely laid one down. He was celebrating in the finish that first run like he just won the race. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great day for him. Shall we talk with the Brits? Yeah. So Dave, um, you know, he's obviously been starting second bunch, so eight till fifteen. He's been finding that sort of fifteen to twenty to twenty four in the finish. Yeah. In the last couple of races. Um, so, yeah, I think he's had a, I guess, confusing last couple of races. You, you see him in the finish area. Fra- and really he, frustrated. Yeah, and he's yeah. wondering why he's off the pace, um, especially after, you know, even though he didn't capitalise on Levy uh, first race of the season, um, he, you know, he, he knows he's got the he got knows the speed. He's, the speed's there. It's just translating it. Um, and then, obviously, massive shout out to our friend Laurie Taylor. Um, awesome to see him on that finish list. Um, I think he'll take a lot forward with yeah. that. Um, I think he's, you know, hip slid and, and crashed and quite a few slaloms this yeah. season. Um, so just finding the finish and also finding the finish in the top 30 is, is massive for him. Yeah, I was chatting to uh, Jai, who's one of the coaches for GB, um, and he was saying, he was sort of saying that Dave has been trying to find he's been doing a lot of messing around it doesn't do it justice because that's not the case uh, but he's been doing a lot of playing lots of um, cha- chopping and changing is probably a bit more accurate uh, and trying to find setups trying to do this is this going to work no it's not working he's still doing that and it's really difficult you're still doing that in the winter and you're still doing that after two years of being on the gear uh, um, so he was saying that that's uh, still been going on with, with Dave's stuff Um and he's been, you know, we talked about it just a second ago, this negative spiral, a couple of bad races puts more pressure on you. You're getting further and further out, uh, away from the best of the, the best. Uh, and then it, it becomes difficult. Um, but that coupled with what is a huge boost to not only the tech British tech team, but the British team as a whole, yeah. having Laurie Taylor um, getting himself a second round. It's the first time since the Baxter brothers that we've had two races in the uh, in the top thirty, so yeah, a huge shout out. Second round, Laurie Taylor was just uh, skiing down. I think he, he could have been a mile off, and he still would have been happy when he came to the finish. So yeah. um, it certainly set him up well for the next season. And us again, like I say, speaking to Jai, one of the coaches, he was saying that. Uh, well, I was saying to to Jai actually that it was nice because we've heard so much good things about Laurie yeah. and how quick he's been in training, yeah. how he pushes Dave all the time and he's got a great touch on the skis, yada, 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 all the good stuff that, you know, that you'd want to hear. Mm. Um, but we hadn't seen it on TV. You know, we hadn't seen it at the sharp end. Uh, and for him to come away and do that, mega. It shows two things to me, Ed. It shows, obviously, Rome's not built and wasn't built in one day. And it shows that GB does actually have the pipeline. Um, I guess since the Baxter era we haven't necessarily had the depth yeah um you know obviously individuals popping in um you know uh, every sort of couple years um but it is really nice to see that depth 
Absolutely. Really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which then leads us on to uh, 48 hours later over in uh, Schladming for the night slalom. Henrik Christofferson taking the win. Uh, Alexi Pantero in second and Daniel Yule in third place. Uh, Henrik Christofferson maybe had one of the best recovery to win runs that I can remember seeing. And that is saying something considering Hirsch's recovery records. But how he was near enough out on his ass at the top. Um, Big mistakes, huge mistakes on the flat and then still managed to get down and take the win. I I was speechless in commentary there. It was brilliant to see. I was really impressed. Uh, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with my uh, views on Christofferson sometimes. I also love to hate him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes I think, you know, he's brilliant and and he's a a great person to have in the sport. And other times I think, I wish he'd just, you know, stop messing around and and concentrating on skiing and stop having these... uh, these hissy little fits. hissy fits and yeah. stuff but uh, he was a credit to himself and, and the guys around him with that result it was uh, great to see look no I think what he's shown is that first run he hasn't really bought it to the table um, yeah, yeah, most of the in season most, yeah, most, most of the races yeah. um, but second run obviously he needs a little bit of pressure to operate yeah. you know when he's in trouble when he, as in Schladming you know made that big big mistake at the top still managed to end up on on top um and in previous races quite a far quite far off the pace first run and, mm. and just smashing in a good second run so he obviously works under pressure and that formula works for him so um it'll be interesting to see if that changes and if if he starts you know winning first runs yeah um but i mean at the moment you can't really fault him you can't fault Yule. it was good to see uh, alexi back on the podium after uh, DNFing in Kitzbühel and DNFing in Wengen Absolutely. so yeah he's back up, back at the table and then obviously Noel um, what a second run that was wow skin of his teeth yeah. after falling inside in the first run just scraping in a second run and then laying down you know an absolute second run stormer to move up from 30th to 4th you just like are you serious you're going to move that high up it was insane I mean he just sat in that leader's chair for so long yeah. and just like you know, calm, collected, not like, oh my God, I've just put down the run of the century. Yeah. I think he would have, uh, you know, given um, Hersher a run for his money um, yeah, if Hersher had been running that, run, yeah, running that second you're race. probably right. Um, and then, quick shout out to Alex Vanazza, who, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. the young Italian who... Um, Thought he'd taken the lead by a substantial margin on that second run. Yeah. Uh, owed to the fact that there was a little uh, visitor to the finish area, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, a streaker, which I think is the first time I've ever seen that. I can't remember seeing another streaker um, in skiing. Running across the line um, with her assets. And um, yeah, it was quite interesting to see. Look, I mean, you don't want to see it in sport, but it was entertaining and it's schladming and it's not just a ski race, it's a party. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if it's going to happen somewhere you'd say it's probably going to happen in Schladming after somebody with too many drinks. I think actually for the the lady that, the young lady that that streaked, stroke, streaked? Streaked. I don't know, whatever, whatever the right terminology is. Um, yeah, she has got a bit of form. She was the same one that did it in the Champions League final, cost herself a cool 15k uh, to run on. But I think by the sounds of her... Uh, her partner who d- dabbles in a little adult entertainment. <laughs> <I think laughs> adult they, entertainment they've yeah. got a few they've got a few dollars in the bank um 
But yeah, he took the lead by like 0.5 because the girl had run across the finish line and stopped the clock. Yeah. So he's busy there celebrating. And then all of a sudden, it's sort of like it gets through that he's actually gone into, at the time, he'd gone into third place. Um, and, and that hadn't quite been the case. Yeah. He'd had the storm and maybe he was slightly distracted. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, either or, he's having a great season. Yeah, and he's, he's pretty damn young. Air. He's a 99 birth. Um, yeah, former and World Junior also, champ, yeah. shout out to uh, Jonathan Norbottom. He's had some really inconsistent results the last couple of years. Norwegian uh, was uh, University of Denver. Yeah. Um, uh, your birds, did well at, yeah, exactly. Um, hometown. Um, did well in NCAAs. And then when he broke onto the World Cup circuit, he's had some big crashes. Yeah. Um, surprises to them on peace. Um, try and find the uh, uh, John of the Day Instagram account. It's pretty funny. Um, it's just videos of Jono crashing. Nice. Um, side note. But yeah, great to see him yeah, in the Yeah, because he went down second. He followed on from uh, Clement Noel on that second run. And he yeah. went into second place only half a second behind. And that, you know, on, on Nordbutton's form of this season, I was looking at the times and went, well, maybe Clement Noel's not actually had a, a good as run as I thought that he had. Yeah. Um, because... Nordbottom was so close it's not to say he doesn't deserve to be that close because he obviously did but in terms of form for the winter it's not has that form hasn't been there so but then for him to move up from 29th into 11th was uh, was quality but we have to talk about Dave Riding yeah uh, um I was so pleased to see him finally skiing well yeah in terms you know it was fluid it was it was calm it was aggressive it was dynamic he's gone back to again he's been um, messing around with his ski prep and he's gone back to something that was working for him last winter all the way back to world champs to find something that has that he has now found that that uh, it feels good he's been struggling with a disconnect between what's happening under his feet to what the messages that he's getting back around to his brain uh, in terms of you know being able to charge feeling what's happening under his uh, under his skis so I think it's a really nice way to finish off what's been a tough January for Dave mm. uh, and finishing off with an eighth and actually it could have been oh so good because up until the last split he was a considerable amount ahead of Clement Noel yeah. and I was speaking to Jai again one of Dave's coaches and he was saying that he just took his foot off the gas and Dave admitted they took the foot off the gas for that last sort of seven or eight turns because he'd known that he had a good run and it hadn't been going that well for him in the previous races so he just was putting it through the finish um which is awesome coming eighth um but it could have been you know it could have been could have been better a podium uh, yeah it could have been but you know he's gone home the, the tech guys have got dave certainly in there i'm assuming the rest of the of the pure slalom boys have gone for a little break at home because it's a couple of weeks until uh the, the guys have the short skis on uh, and so that's uh, that was a good way to finish just one more shout out uh, marco schwartz uh, poor bloke leading first run looking cool calm connected off the back of a great result in Kitzbühel I was what I was so hoping that he was going to do the business and, yeah. then, uh, and goes down right at the top tough tough day for the tough Austrian the number one yeah I mean as Christofferson said it would have been nice for him to at least get a little bit further down the hill so you could best, um, yeah, just so for, for, for the crowd yeah. and battle it out yeah. um, and I was a little bit surprised that he buckled under the pressure having 
had a really good result um, in Kitzbühel mm. uh, on Sunday, coming second. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a surprise that he let the pressure get to him. There was that bump that was on like the third gate that Christofferson. That was the the sort of um, the kickstarter to Christofferson's errors, yeah. which messed his top section up. And I just wonder whether you know you do watch the guy in front of you ski down. So I wonder whether that's all of a sudden just had a little bit playing on his mind, going, "Oh yeah, there is a bump on that third gate." Yeah, uh, and uh, and he just sat back with the hips. He didn't move through the bump. He didn't sort of. He just tried to sort of absorb it with his knees and ankles. Again, didn't have enough forward flexion to try and absorb it and still be forward. It was just yeah. a case of the, his butt dropped back and he absorbed it that way and just couldn't move quick enough through the hairpin. Yeah, uh, really, really, really struggled with that. Um, before we move on to what's happening this coming weekend, we spoke about it briefly before we came on air about. Um, Giuliano Razzoli and his return to form. So Razzoli is the 2010 Olympic champion from Vancouver. He's um, battled his way back inside the top 30 and he did that off the back of a good end to last season and a good start to this season. But I think it was in the build-up to... um, uh, Slalom in... um, um, no, I think it was I think it was maybe Wengen just before okay. Wengen because I think um, Adelboden was where oh yeah so the story is so basically he swapped skis yeah. so he was on Nordica and is sponsored by Nordica does has skied on Nordica for the last few seasons um, his teammate Manfred Moll crashed in Adelboden. Adelboden did his knee yeah and the story goes that he uh, Giuliano was having a bit of a you know tough time finding some real pace on the, on a day's training and so Molg said why don't you try these uh, and so the next day went out on these skis and he was near enough two seconds quicker on these on, on the fishers than he was on his own skis so credit where it's due he's gone do you know what I'm 36 years age of age I'm not getting any younger and I'm going to ski I'm going to buy my way out of my contract and I'm going to stick on fishers and so he's done a few days training on fishers and all of a sudden he's back inside the top 10 uh, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just takes something different. Uh, you know, what like we talked about with Dave, just switching it up and trying something new to, to maybe kickstart the next um, next part of your journey. Um, yeah. And obviously, it, was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a te- technical thing for him. It wasn't a mentality thing. It was obviously, you know, kit. So Just in terms of, you know, because some people, I mean, you guys at home will know that... If you've had the opportunity, excuse me, to ski on a couple of different brands, then some brands work for you and some brands don't. Yeah. And uh, it's not always the guys that are paying the most money is the ones that you're going to ski on. I'm not saying no. that he, you know, was a bit of a, you know, shark in terms of looking for the most cash. But um, he's obviously gone and credit where it's due. Like I said, he's gone. Do you know what? I'm much, quick, I'm much quicker on these, and I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit to the wallet. I'll take the hit to whether it's pride or, or, you know, putting people's noses out of joint and he's gone, do you know what? I'm a ski racer and I'm quicker on this gear. So I'm going. Let's do it. Nordica won't be too happy. No, the, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in a meeting with those guys when that decision was made or when the first time they went, uh, what are you doing on those? <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be on Nordica. So you like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm skiing on these now. Poor, poor tech probably got fired the moment he put those fishes on <laughs> so uh, yes I think um, brave brave but it's paid off um, let's have a quick look uh, just a quick uh, talk about what is on offer this coming weekend 
So, uh, yeah, the women are racing in Rosa Couture on the Sochi Olympic pistes. They are racing downhill and uh, Super G. So downhill Saturday, yep. Super G yep. Sunday. Um, you've skied on those hills? Uh, I've skied on those hills. I haven't skied speed on those hills. Um, but from memory, the women's Super G and downhill are pretty glidey. A uh, few jumps in there, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple of big jumps. Yeah, but it's, yeah, you're right. It's not that it's not a gnarly track. I'm, I haven't actually looked at what the snow's doing over there, but because um, obviously it doesn't always have the most amount of snow. No, well, then it's about an hour and a half away from the beach, so I can I can confirm firsthand that it's pretty warm. Um, so uh, yeah, so we're expecting a slightly different uh, podium. I'm expecting a slightly different podium. I'm not sure what, where your head's at with that. Will Schifrin go? The age-old question that I feel like we ask every time um, that it's a speed race, that obviously Michaela Schifrin isn't doing, you know, she's not racing every speed race. Will she go? It's a long way to go for two races. Yeah. You know, is it too far to go for two races? No, it's not. No, it's not that far. um, But interestingly, like you said, with the weather, it's slightly warmer. You've got slightly different snow conditions. She thrives in the harder stuff. Yeah. So maybe, maybe when it's softer on the yeah. foot, you take someone who's had a bit more experience and a bit more on the glidey side might take it. So, so yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So, um, got got a pick for me there. Yeah. Um, so we've got the women's super G first. Yeah. Um, no, no, downhill first. Downhill uh, Saturday. Oh, downhill Saturday. Okay. So I am gonna put Suter. Yeah, it's a pretty decent shout. I think, uh, yeah, anticipating it's probably going to be a little bit more glidey. Uh, I'm going to go Siebenhofer. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and what about the uh, Super G? Uh, Jazine. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, didn't really perform in Banscape, <coughs> but I am hoping she will come through for me. Yeah, uh, I am going to go with Brianoni. I think she's been on pretty good form. The Italians seem to be on fire. Um, so uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to stick stick my bet, uh, Bruno. Uh, so then, um, what about the men racing in Garmisch? It's uh, dark, rough, ready. There's not a lot of snow. They've had to bring in some snow for the final uh, no. uh, few. No, no, the final few hundred meters. They've had to oh, sort wow. of truck in some snow. So it's really going to be pretty undulating. You'll feel every single roller, every single piece of terrain down there. Uh, so it's downhill first. Yeah. Uh, and then GS. So what about downhill? Uh, potentially a little bit of a cop-out, but Maya. Yeah, I, I was thinking about Matthias Maya. I think that he's on some form at the moment, and he's so calm. He's so relaxed. He just doesn't... He just, even on Kitzbühel, he seems to just be pretty chilled. Yeah, classic Austrian. Yeah. Just, Not much emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm just going to bust my way down Kitzbühel, whatever. Um, <laughs> I am going to say Kilda, because I just think that this is slightly more um, rough. I think it's slightly more sort of going to be by the seat of your pants. And I think this may suit Kilda's sort of uh, over-enthusiastic style of uh, I'm just going to go and tear this one a new one. Yeah. Uh, what about Giant Slalom? Uh, well, now that you've said that you think it's going to be bumpy and a rodeo, I reckon Cranjack will come through. He's so bloody strong. Um, I think it's this hill pay off, pay off for him. Yeah, and he's um, that that's he's rock solid technique wise, isn't he? Uh, and that's why I'm going to go Pantero because I think it's going to take somebody that's rock solid. It's going to take somebody that's got a lot of strength behind him. You know, good core. 
um, and it's going to take yeah it's going to it's going to be a tough one it's, it's super dark down there as well the yeah. sun doesn't come around till late so it's um uh, yeah, it's going to stay pretty difficult. Uh, we will see British interest from uh, Senor Raposo. Senor Raposo, yeah, he has had a bit of a rocky past couple of weeks. Uh, I think he's been a bit ill, and then he had, I think, his pec injury um, or upper trap injury, something yeah, like that. Something so like that. he said when I spoke to him last week that I was still giving him a few issues, um, but he was feeling good. So I think he has had a good rest. Um, I hope he's had a good rest and I look forward to seeing what he brings to the table in Carmich. Yeah, I think um, he certainly will be refreshed and ready to go. He, I think the last chance line would be Adelboden where he had that tumble right in the finish. Uh, didn't he just over... In, no, no, he did it this year as well. Did he? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 he took, yeah. he took um, a, yeah, he, a little hole in his catsuit rather close to... His gentleman's area. Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> and, and it looked as if he was going to hit top 30. Yeah, and he was 30th on that split. Split. Mm-hmm. So it was a touch and go. So I think this next race, this Garmish Sunday, he's going to have been eagerly anticipating it anyway because he will be, even though it's two and a bit, three, it'll be three weeks yeah. since yeah. that. If not, yeah, three weeks? Yeah, three weeks uh, since that. So he's going to be, you know, still... Uh, high on confidence from that because obviously he's skiing well um, but at the same time having had um, Laurie Taylor getting his first World Cup points Raposo is going to be itching to join the uh, World Cup Absolutely. points train uh, and uh, definitely won't want to be left behind by by Laurie getting some World Cup points no, definitely <laughs> a bit of pressure there Charlie yeah I think so um, I'm sure the GS guys are excited to get those planks back. I know, it's, it's been, been quite a long time, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Pinterell, your pick. I think he's ready to go. He's like, thank God we're back on GS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got some He's got some making up to do, but Christofferson obviously is still no slouch on the Giant Slamski, so uh, no. he will be trying to extend that lead at the top of the overall uh, and see if he can uh, continue to pile pressure on the Frenchman. Just one thing before we go. Um, it's just been announced, and I'm sure it's been lighting up uh, your social media pages, those of you that are uh, on social media, um, that the Beijing races have been cancelled for a fortnight's time due to the virus sweeping across China. Yeah, I guess they don't know the scope, so it would be irresponsible to be sending a bunch of athletes out there. Yeah, especially um, as like... I think obviously the UK Home Office, and I'm, I'm in, assuming uh, uh, that it's a similar message around the world that uh, do not fly, do not uh, non-essential travel is not advised. Yeah, um, British Airways have cancelled direct flights out to China, so um, the races Fizz say that they're going to look to reschedule. But you know, it's coming already. What are we end of Jan? It's coming towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to be tough to find. Uh, squeeze in some extra races but I'm sure we'll get them done but it's really difficult considering this is the Olympic test event yeah. so you know it's and another... they need to run it at least once before the Olympics so next year is their last chance yeah so all of a sudden uh, pressure's on uh, yeah. and I'm not really sure what you do if if, <laughs> if you don't get a chance to do that what you can't uh, physically change squ- yeah, I don't know yeah. how I don't know how that would would actually function, but uh, it's a real shame. But obviously, it is what it is. Health comes first over 
you know, spectating and uh, and the glory of sport. <laughs> um, so yeah, no no China for the men. I think it's men only that were supposed to be going to China, and I think it's speed pro- races. Yeah, I think it's probably a um, a wise call. No, we don't need extra risk. Uh, right. So uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining me, Luke. That's all we got time for. Uh, Until next week, goodbye for now.